Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, welcome to Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hello, hello, and welcome into the Daily Nebraskan Show here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I'm Ben Droz, one of the sports writers at the Daily Nebraskan, and I am joined here today by Joseph Meyer. Yes, sir. The senior sports editor at the Daily Nebraskan, the student independent student newspaper at UNL. So we want to start off with men's basketball talk because that's kind of been all the headlines recently here on UNL, on UNL's campus. They lost pretty badly to Maryland on Saturday. It was a rough game. Wasn't great. No. It was a rough game to watch if you were a Husker fan. A lot of turnovers. <laughs> couldn't rebound. And just, whole, and just other... Whole just, load of issues. And just other stuff that just makes you scratch your head when you when you just see it. Yeah. It was, it was not a fun game to watch, regardless of the outcome. Similar to the Rutgers game, where it's just ugly basketball from start to finish. I guess I won't say start to finish. It was it was a hot start. Yeah. Um, I know you guys touched on it last night, so we won't go too deep into it. But yeah, I, I'm i just, it, it seemed like a big drop off from where the momentum of this team was going. That felt like a game yeah. that they could really overturn their woes on the road. And it didn't happen. And now you're set up in a situation where you have three really, really tough matchups coming up here and not a lot of turnaround in between. Yeah. Two ranked teams, a Northwestern team that has had your number in the past. You beat them this year at home. You go on the road to Evanston. That could be a tough matchup. Mm -hmm. Illinois just lost there last week. Other big name teams have lost there. It's a place you don't want to, you don't want to run into boo booey over there. So Mm -hmm. a, a, a brutal loss on Saturday for Nebraska at Maryland to come back this week. The urgency has instantly heightened for this team. I think Yeah, they drop, a, they drop significantly in pretty much every metric. Um, the bracketology came out today. Again, not end all be all of the Nebraska tournament. It. They're in it, but they drop from a pretty solid nine like seed eight to nine. A, yeah. A, la, a, a last four in. And they lose the next three, and they're going to drop out of that field. There's still opportunities to get back into it with with games down the road, but we've we've discussed this at length over the past couple of weeks. Of now is the time to strike because you don't want to be getting to that Big Ten tournament yeah. with a need for wins. They can help. You need to be locked in before the Big Ten tournament because we've seen Fred Hoiberg struggle. Struggle. In Fred Hoiberg coach teams struggle mightily. Even a decent team last year struggled with a really bad Minnesota team in the Big Ten tournament. So this next week is huge. Yeah. You set yourself up for failure by losing to Iowa Rutgers and Maryland. Yeah. Let's see what they can do at home. We we won't count them out at home. We never will. Nope. Nope. So a big home game this weekend or this week, Thursday against Wisconsin, a chance to, again, failure on the road, come back with a big chance to turn it all around against Wisconsin. I'm really excited for this one. I think it's going to be a great matchup. I think Nebraska has a great chance to win it. Regardless, we're going to see some some talented players and a Wisconsin team that's now number six in the country in the AP poll. Yeah, I mean, road games have been rough. You don't like have to be a basketball expert. You can just look at the 
look at the record for Nebraska. <laughs> it, it it hasn't been pretty. Only complete road game that Nebraska has played so far was Kansas State, which was really early in the season yep. when they beat Kansas State. Every other game is just they have not played a full game. I, I, I threw this question to Anthony Marissa, but I want to also get your thoughts on it. So, obviously, this next stretch is probably the toughest stretch of the regular season for Nebraska, in my opinion. 100%. Wisconsin at home. Well, it is on at home, so that helps, but it's still a really good Wisconsin team. A team that's peaking. Yeah. So, Wisconsin, a ranked Illinois team on the road. I think mm-hmm. that's the toughest out of these next three. And then Northwestern on the road, a team you barely beat at home. Mm-hmm. So... Let's just throw it out there. If Nebraska were to drop 0-3, like drop all three of these next three games, where is Nebraska then on the outside looking in for NCAA tournament? Do you feel like they're just right, right on the edge of bubble? Where, 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 What would your thoughts be? I don't think they're going to get hurt too much by losing to Illinois on the road. So no. that's kind of the one where that's, I think, the least urgent. Yeah. You're not going to get killed for losing to Wisconsin at home. But Nebraska is kind of known now as a team that can only win at home. So you got to get those done. So mm-hmm. this one can really help the team, not hurt the team a ton, but it can hurt. That Northwestern one will be huge because those are two bubble teams at that point. If Nebraska were to lose to Wisconsin and Illinois, which they will be pretty significant underdogs in both, that Northwestern game is two teams on the bubble that are probably on the outside looking in at that point, the winner could be in that last four in conversation, depending on obviously what Northwestern does over the next week. Yeah. I think if they lose, if they drop all three, you're in a spot where you, you can't lose another one. I, I, and, and that'd be they're probably not going to win the rest after, you know, these three, right. like even though it's the strength, of schedule gets really easy towards the end of the season. You're still probably it does. not going to win. You still have Michigan on the schedule. You still have another Rutgers game. Which are very winnable. Very winnable games. Need to be wins. You can't drop any of those at this point. See, see, that's the one thing. So, I feel like if Nebraska wants to be locked in to the NCAA tournament before the Big Ten tournament, they need to get at least two of these next three, in my opinion. If they want to still be in very good position to make the NCAA tournament, I think they need to get one. Because after these next three, you don't have a game left to boost your resume. No. It's nothing. So all the rest of the season is is trap games. Because even if you win, it doesn't push you up that much. I mean, if, if you, you win, if you win all the rest, that'll push you up. Like you're going hot into March, so that'd help. But they're probably not going to win all of them. But like it's all just trap games. Because a loss oh, yeah. to any of those is going to hurt you way more than a win. You take a loss to Michigan or Rutgers at home, and that, yeah. the committee is not going to enjoy that, especially if you had just come off an zero and three stretch. Yeah, I mean it. So. Like, I know the strength of schedule towards the end of the season is easier, so that, like, still keeps me hopeful that, you know, Nebraska really only needs to get one of these next three. But, you know, it's all trap games because you just know Nebraska is probably going to drop two of those in the final stretch. I mean, you just, like... They're, it's very unlikely that they finish 7-0 and after dropping I mean, three, yeah. the next three. So, I think, like I said before, I think this Wisconsin game is pivotal. I think it's an excellent opportunity to really solidify your resume you win this one, that's another top 10 win. It's a chance to get a win over a team that's looking ahead. Wisconsin has Purdue on Sunday yeah. at noon. So they have a 48-hour turnaround, essentially, for the number two team in the country. And that's a game that could decide the Big Ten regular season. Yeah. And a one seed in the NCAA tournament, potentially. Mm-hmm. So you've got a position, Wisconsin in a position now 
where they are they have been extremely hot in the month of January. Um, just dismantled Michigan State last week, 81 to 66. They have a week off. They come to Lincoln, one of the most dangerous places to play in the Big Ten, and then they go back home and get Purdue at home, you know, on Sunday. So you're in a spot here where you have a chance to do something that hasn't been done in a long time, beat two top 10 teams in the same season. Yeah. I'd have to go back I and think, look. I think when I saw it was like 2013, 2014 is what I thought I saw. So Last time they did that. You've got to get it done now. Wisconsin's peaking at the same time, like I said earlier. 8-1 mm-hmm. and one in the Big Ten, but 3-3 three and three on the road. Yeah, I mean. Which has been a trend all season in the Big Ten. Every team. We just saw uh, Iowa lose on the road to Indiana tonight. Mm-hmm. Iowa's a good, pretty good team at this yeah. point. You know, not nothing crazy, but Indiana's definitely not in the tournament field solid, as of solid now. Solid team. They go on the road, lose to Indiana. Michigan lost to Michigan State on the road. That's not a surprise. Michigan's <laughs> terrible. Juwan Howard should be fired in the morning. Um, But yeah. Wisconsin, 11th in both the Kempom and the net, and they're higher in the AP poll. They jumped up seven spots this week to six. Yeah. So this is a really, really exciting matchup if you're Nebraska where you have an opportunity here to do something special. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Nebraska's got nothing to lose on this next next game, but I do want to address the text on the text line. It says, Nebraska is not making the tournament unless they win them all. These all ne- the next three? I, I That's what I'm guessing. I feel like that's... Not true. If you want to say, I mean, <laughs> I just losing the I, Illinois I hear, on the road is not really going to hurt no, you. No, I, I think it's that's just not. I don't think that one will hurt as much. Although I will say, I I wouldn't put anything past the committee. We've seen the Nebraska team that had a really solid resume get left yeah. out of the tournament before. I, I don't. I think then you're saying though they need to win out to make the tournament, and if, if they won out, they'd be like a six seed. So, yeah, I I would disagree with that, but. Because, I mean, even if, I mean, what's to say they only, like, they drop all the next three, you know, they drop the next three, do pretty decently towards the end of, you know, the regular season. All it takes is a Big Ten run in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, and you'll make it. So, I mean, I, I, like, this next stretch is important, you know, for the, like, if you really want to be locked into the Big Ten tournament. But, like, it's not, these are not, like, make or break games for the season. In my no, opinion, I would agree. I would agree with that statement. I would um, say Northwestern is probably the m- most gettable. Mm. I actually feel pretty good about Wisconsin. I say I, I feel I the too, best about and Wisconsin. I want to talk about that in a bit. Yeah. As well. So we're gonna that that's what next. That's what we're gonna go here. I want to we want to preview Wisconsin. The reason I'm feeling confident: a Nebraska's at home, mm-hmm. and according to the Peacock announcers, if the <laughs> NCAA tournament was played in PBA, they'd win the national championship. So. A, that's, that's one a reason I'm playing. I'm feeling really world, but yeah, I'm feeling really good because of that. And then B, Casey Tominaga has had two straight dud games. You can't have three in a row. It's not going to be three in a row, right? No, he's going to probably have like 28 in this game. <laughs> okay, game. 28. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess 28. When was the last time he even scored anywhere close to that? I don't think he has in a long time. But probably yeah. I think it was Indiana. I would guess Indiana. It's okay. So Wisconsin is very dangerous. Yes. I am very, looking at the tape, I'm very impressed. This is a very, very balanced team. They're not like some of the teams that Nebraska's faced in the past where it's just one guy, and if he if they can keep him off the board, they're going to win the game. Don't need one guy to do it here, at all here. So mm-hmm. they've got a very experienced roster. This is a team that's been to Lincoln before. They've lost in Lincoln before. A lot of these guys are returning players from three years ago even. 
Um, Nebraska's had Wisconsin's number at points over the last two years, and so yeah. they're they're used to losing to Nebraska, and I'm sure they don't like it, especially Chuggy Hepburn, which I'll touch on in a bit. Um, but especially at the forward position, they've got a lot of experience, a lot of depth. Uh, these guys have been playing with each other for years. So, like, they bring in some new pieces this year. And, and remember last year, this is a team that severely underwhelmed expectations. Was not a good... That, that loss to Nebraska was, you know, kind of the, the nail in the coffin for them. Mm-hmm. Not at all what they wanted. They bring in a couple nice new pieces. Um, we reworked the roster, and they have completely turned it around. Um, interesting note I found, they're one of the slower-paced teams in the country when you kind of look at the... And, and when they played Nebraska, it didn't seem like No, it. and that's that's what I, <laughs> I want to talk on because it seems like all of these slow-paced teams... Just, just lined up. Maryland. Right. <laughs> I, I was... They're not real slow-paced, but Iowa was I not a team. Shoot, but I, they weren't a team that I was expecting to have us have them run us out of the gym. No. So they have the potential to do that. We've yeah. already seen this matchup before. They've got so many but ways to beat you. It was on the road, though. On the road. Different guys are able to step up to play every single time. We saw it in that game. Connor Sejan goes off, shooting mm-hmm. some ridiculous like Kisa Tomonaga-type threes. I I want to get your thought on something. So Wisconsin, right. their, their, their top option, clearly A.J. Storr, um, mm-hmm. sophomore guard, transfer from St. John's last year, has elevated this team to the next level. He's really been the missing piece that they didn't have last season. He's getting them 16 points a night, and that's 16 points. They didn't have that production coming last year. He's, you know, kind of helped the burden of Chucky Hepburn this season where Chucky doesn't need to be that guy. Um, you know, Chucky's taken a lot less shots. He's been more efficient, more of a distributor, more of a facilitator of the offense, and, and Storr's been the scorer. He had 28 points yeah. last week against Michigan State and when they absolutely housed Michigan State last Friday. Yeah. So... He's got the potential to go off. But I want to get your thought on something because if I'm Nebraska, it's not him that concerns me. Okay. If you look over the last couple of weeks, Nebraska's had a pretty good game plan for the number one guy. Yeah. Edie. Edie. Um, Boo Booey. Young. Jameer Young, who was held below his scoring output. He didn't shoot very well. He didn't shoot very well. Assists and rebounds is another story. If you look at the numbers there. He, con- he still contributed in a big way, but they kept him below his scoring. There's not 12, much you can really do about 12 that. points when he's averaging 20 points. Yeah. So they've done a good job of getting to that number one guy. Boo Boo, we had a rough night. We know yeah. that Edie had a tough time. And even last time Wisconsin played, A.J. Storr only had 10 points. He wasn't the guy that really was pushing yeah. the needle for Wisconsin in that game. But last week, I was concerned about some of these bench guys coming off the bench, shooting lights out against Nebraska, as clearly every team does, especially on the road. Even Maryland, one of the worst three-point shooting teams. Even Maryland, one of the worst three-point shooting teams. When we, you know, the show before said, you know, if we lose the Maryland, if Nebraska (laughs) loses the Maryland, it's not going to be because Maryland shoots us out of the gym. And And, they did. But yeah, you know, we don't have to bring that up. Like, I was actually in shock. I was too. When they went up 12-2, I'm like, there's no way that Maryland, because they were, Nebraska was shooting lights out. I think four players had three in the first two minutes. Yeah. And it's like, okay, there's no way Maryland is going to be able to keep up with us. And then, a couple guys. I said to watch for Jahari Long. He's, he was a bench guy. He was getting hot at, from deep mm-hmm. at the time. He had 11 points in that game. And then Jamie Kaiser comes out of nowhere. He had like, averaging like 1.9 points yeah. per game. I, Maryland's bench only was averaging like 
seven points a game is what the broadcast <laughs> is saying. And they had like two guys over 10, like so, in double figures. Uh, yeah. And it, he has 14. He hadn't scored a point in nearly a month. <laughs> in a month. And of course, it's against Nebraska. And it's against Nebraska. So that's been the concern. And that game is like, okay, that, that was pretty bad. And you start to think about like, dang, some of these bench guys have really had career nights against Nebraska. So I was looking into it. Last matchup with Wisconsin, Connor Seijan, 12 points in 13 minutes. Mm. He'd really been struggling to find rhythm. He found rhythm at Nebraska. You think, oh, he, he can carry it on. Uh, he's averaging 3.5 points per game on the year. He had 12 against Nebraska. Against Purdue. Against Purdue. Yeah. If you remember this, Mason Gill is a forward. Yeah. 16 points. Shot lights out from deep. Mm-hmm. He's averaging 6.5 points on the year. Bench player. Uh, against Iowa, Josh Dix. 16 they, points. They had two guys that made over that yeah. made five threes. Dix was the, the main bench player I was looking yeah. at. Averaging less than seven on the year. Like 6.9 points. These bench players are having career highs against Nebraska. They've done a good job of taking away that number one option, like I said. And that is good game planning, and I will give them credit for that. But at some point, those number one guys are going to get theirs. You can't yeah. completely shut down a guy like Jameer Young, mm-hmm. AJ Store. Zach Eady. Yeah. Boo Boo, he had a really bad day, but you play him again, he's not going to have that rough of a performance, which is, you know, when we get to that Northwestern game, that's going to be yeah. another another guy that they're going to have to try to shut down. But what's happening is we're we're seeing them put so much effort into guarding these number one guys that it kind of falls off the rails from the bench. Yeah, I mean, when I was watching the Purdue game, th- this is why when I, like, before the Northwestern went at home, which... I mean, that was a good win, but it wasn't like a really, really great win. No. But it was a good, it was a really good, solid win. It was good, a great, good, win. solid win. I was feeling like the Purdue game was more fluky than like what Nebraska actually was. And Purdue, and it was just because, you know, yeah, Nebraska just threw everything at Edie to stop him. And they were just crossing their fingers, praying that nobody else beats them. Mm-hmm. It worked against Purdue, but yeah. it hasn't been working against these a lot of these other teams. I get the home and away thing is a really big deal because on the road, Nebraska just really hasn't given themselves a chance to win. And that's why I'm excited for Thursday to like see if that is actually a trend yeah, of like, if, is if it the, bench it, players on the road specifically? It, it might be. I mean, because it's not only that these bench players are going off, it's Nebraska's turning the ball over mm-hmm. a lot. They can't rebound. Those have been the two, like if you look at every road game they've lost, it hasn't been really that they've been shooting bad. That's kind of how I was feeling at the beginning of the year, but like they've shot well. They shot... Well, against Maryland, still lost. Mm-hmm. It's just like... It was really... It's been the turnovers. It's been the turnovers mainly, and also rebounding, especially against Rutgers. Against Maryland, the rebounding was also tough. So, I'm really... I'm also... Like, this Wisconsin game is really interesting to me because even if they just keep it close, it's making me not feel like the Purdue game is fluky. Because right mm-hmm. now, the Purdue game seems kind of fluky. To me. It's hard to know because they haven't played a team to that caliber yet. And so playing Wisconsin and Illinois back-to-back, we're going to really learn how competitive this team actually is. But yeah, I just, it's it's so hard. Like at what point are you freeing up these guys who are just waiting for their opportunity to get wide open at, th- at yeah. you know, behind the three and just give them the juice that they need? And that's what we've seen. We saw it against Maryland. I'm concerned about Wisconsin. I'll touch on a couple guys in, in a bit here, but... Guys that have a chance to go have one of those nights where they hit four or five threes Mm -hmm. and Nebraska can't do anything about it. We'll see if that's a road thing or a home thing. 
I'm really interested to see what happens here. Yeah, well, we're going to throw it to break. When we come back, we're going to really specifically touch on the Wisconsin game, the players, and then we'll get some NFL talking in the next segment. All that and more right here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. You're listening to The Daily Nebraska Show. Back to The Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Daily Nebraskan Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Ben and Joseph Steer still here with you. Even we though it's are. late at night, we're staying up with you. We're gonna we're giving you all the men's basketball talk right now. We're going to finish out our thoughts because we really want to get specifically into this Wisconsin game and what we're going to expect. I'm feeling pretty strongly about the game because I feel like Keisei Tominaga is going to have a really strong night. But can you kind of preview the Wisconsin team more? Yeah, first of all, you're gonna you're gonna jinx him. I already know it. No, he's gonna have nope. another stinker. Uh, no, nope. it's gonna be great. It's <laughs> yeah, gonna be so, historic. So this Wisconsin team, like like I mentioned earlier, AJ Store is the lifeblood of the scoring. You know, he he's leading the team with 16 points per game, but it's a very balanced offense that has so many weapons mm-hmm. for Chucky Hepburn, Bell West finest. Which I'm excited for this. I, last year I was at the game when Chucky came back, and it was it was it was entertaining to say the least. Like the student section clearly not happy with him for choosing Wisconsin over. Not that he would have taken Nebraska anyway. Why would you come to Nebraska if you're you know a top recruit, even if you're from there? I mean, we just never had success. Nebraska. Exactly. So, but it, it's still fun when these when these Nebraska guys come back. Yeah. Anyway, but but yeah. So Chucky Hepburn has been able to facilitate the offense. Mm-hmm. Like I talked about in the first segment, my concern is guys outside of that number one scoring option. So AJ Store is going to get his. He's going to he's going to score points. You know, last time they played, he only had ten, but still, you know, a valuable part of that win. Uh, Connor Seijin went off out of nowhere and still really hasn't lived up to that that billing that he we saw of him in Nebraska. We saw what he can do off the bench. I'm worried about. If I'm Nebraska, I'm worried about Max Klesman in this game. Mm. He has been on a heater, Ben. And when I mean heater, we'll, we'll ignore Michigan State because that was kind of AJ Store game. You know, AJ Store had 28 points. Yeah. Not a lot to go around. And Max Klesman had a, had a rough shooting night. He's only averaging 10 point. I say only. He's averaging 10.6 points per game. But over the last month, in the month of January... Since they played Nebraska, he's averaging 16. So he's boosted his points per game total by 16. About a week and a half stretch of 18 points, 24 points, 10 points, 26 points, while shooting 17 of 25 from three. If that doesn't sound like a guy that's going to go berserk against Nebraska's defense, I don't know what does. Now, normally it's been a bench guy. Klusman's not a bench guy. He, you know, he's in the starting rotation. Yeah. 68% 68% over a five-game stretch. That's crazy. That is a concern if I'm Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen it time and time again of guys that have the potential to shoot it from deep. You put all the pressure on a guy like Store, and it doesn't work out. So Klesman is my guy to watch for if you're watching you know, from a Nebraska perspective of like, hey, who's going to go off from three? Because it happens every time. Now we'll see. If it's a yeah. road game thing, if it's a home game thing, who knows? I, I, I'm if I'm Nebraska, I'm more confident in your ability to defend the three at home because it just it's been that way. Yeah, 
So this game isn't on the road. Still a guy that's going to shoot the lights out. He's been doing it for the last month. I don't know why that would change. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like Wisconsin's going to come in and, you know, they're not going to shoot, like, you know, below 30% and just put up a stinker. It's gonna they're, they're, they're a really good shooting team. But, I mean, again, they are traveling to Nebraska. I feel like a lot of teams, when they've traveled to Nebraska, haven't shot the ball too well coming mm-hmm. in. The big reason Nebraska was able, you know, probably their second-best win at home, which was Northwestern, the reason they were able to win that game is because Northwestern went kind of cool in that second half. Mm-hmm. And Tominaga hit the dagger. That was great. But it... I feel like teams haven't shot that well at PBA. So I feel like Wisconsin, you know, instead of, you know, shooting like they did on at their home tour when it was like high 40s, 50%, it might be, you know, just like 36 to, you know, 38% from three. That's manageable for Nebraska. If Wisconsin's only shooting like 36% for three-point line, they have a real shot to win that game. No, 100%. And, and Wisconsin's actually the worst team in, statistically in the Big Ten of, of defending the perimeter. Yeah, which so, is... Feel, which should make Husker fans feel good just because Nebraska takes so many threes. They only had two 100%. Sh- made in the first half against Maryland. They only had two shots made within the three-point line. Mm-hmm. In the first so half. If, if the threes are falling, I feel very strong about Nebraska's chance to win this game. Yeah. Just because Wisconsin is going to regress to the mean a little bit. They're not going to have that kind of performance they did at home. Um, you know, where, where they just are shooting shooting shots up and, and you know, hitting. Everything's fine. I was even listening to a couple of, you know, at that post game, a couple of the Wisconsin broadcaster guys talking about, they shot the ball too much. And for some reason it was going in. Yeah. But you can't, ha- you can't repeat that kind of effort, uh, especially on the road. Um, but like I said, yeah, Chucky Hepburn, he's really found his role this year. And a lot of the pressure has been taken off of him. And it's really helped out. Uh, he, you know, last season, he was having games where he was shooting up 15, 16, even 20, 21 shots against Nebraska. Grant was an overrun, overtime game. But he was really, you know, forced to shoot the ball a ton because they didn't have a lot of production otherwise. He's had a more distributor role this year. It's only around like six to eight shots per game, um, but he's averaging four assists. He's bumped that up from last year. So a big part of this t- the success of this team is that he hasn't had to be the guy as yeah. much as he has in the past. And, you know, he's still still playing the same amount of minutes. Like, he's literally, like, it's like 31.8 minutes per game. Last year, it was like 32. So, he's still playing the same amount of minutes, not shooting the ball as much, passing it a lot more, mm-hmm. finding the open guy a lot more. And it's really contributed to the success of this team. Been able to slow it down like we talked about. They're yeah. a slow-paced team, except when they play Nebraska. Facilitate the offense. And, and, and that's been beneficial to them. And then, we got to talk about the forwards Stephen Crowell and Tyler Wall, pillars of this program for four and five years now. Uh, this is another concern if I'm Nebraska because you've had issues rebounding the ball. Wisconsin, yeah. those two guys averaging 13 rebounds per game together. And they're both averaging about 12 points per game. So they do sim- you know, similar production-wise, uh, scoring and rebounding. Crowell's you know, the taller guy, so he's got you know, a little bit of an edge on the rebounding front. Last time they had 15 combined rebounds and they contribute to allowing the fewest opponent rebounds in the Big Ten. Mm. Now, I don't know if you watch much Husker basketball this season, Ben, but... I've watched quite a bit. uh, They do not rebound the ball great. No. At times. They're an undersized team. And when they don't, they lose. And when they rebound well, they win. It's pretty... When you boil it down to that, it's it's pretty simple. No, the reason the... 
90% of the time when Nebraska loses, it's because they, A, turn the ball over a lot, and B, aren't rebounding. I mean, a lot of the times, like, when I was early in the season, I was like, oh, three-point percentage. I don't even feel like three-point percentage. You know, if you shoot a stinker against, like, Iowa when they just couldn't hit anything, yeah. yes. But, like, the main reason has been turnovers and rebounding. So, for this game, I w- before we go into NFL talk, because you need to get that in, I want to ask, like we did before last game, who is going to be your X factor for Nebraska in this game? Okay, so I was prepared for this question this time. All right. So I figured you were going to ask it. I, I, I kind of cheated. I have two. I'm going back to the the Wiltshire well. He he was like the only solid player for them. I can't time. I can't not. He's he been so needs good. to shoot. He needs to get more opportunities. And I know the bench roll has been great for him, but yeah. he needs to get more shots. Maryland that was really the only like shining star in that game. Yeah, he was the only player that got double digit points for Nebraska. I'm pretty sure. Only shot it seven times though, which is yeah, and hit five of them I believe. So he. He's got to get more looks. He in this can game. he can do a lot with a little. So I, that's kind of cheating because I would say that every week at this point, just of yeah. the month that he's had, and you mm-hmm. know he's had double digit points in four straight games off the bench. I'd say we're gonna know tomorrow. I assume about Gary. the status of Gary. Yeah, um, Hoiberg is gonna talk to the media tomorrow. If he doesn't go, I'm going Alec here. I think Mass definitely matches up with Crowell better than some of the more athletic centers that he's faced in the Big Ten. Yeah. Specifically last week with Julian Reese, who was just bouncy and all over the place. And every time he threw it down, just flexing and screaming, which mm-hmm. I thought was hilarious. So he definitely matches up with Crowell more, just like he matched up with Edie pretty well. Taller, slower, less mm-hmm. athletic guy. But with Wall there to play off of with Crowell, you're going to have to have some rebounding production. And I think Alec, it's going to be have to be one of those days where he's just, you know, very physical, getting in there, grabbing the ball. Because if they don't rebound well, there's no chance this team wins because Wisconsin does it better than most. Yeah. So, I'm not going to shoot like you, so I'm not going to give two. But <laughs> I'm going to give, like, I- I'm just going to mention if Mass scores, if Ma- Ma- uh, if Mass only scores, like, five points again, Nebraska has, like, no, no. shot. He no. needs to have a solid game. He needs to score. He doesn't need to be scoring 34 like he did against Ohio State. But, like, he needs 15, like, 12 to 15, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I said it before. My X factor is Kase Tominaga because he's got to be hidden from deep. Because I don't really because the when they beat Purdue, their best win of the season. Yeah, it was because Kase was hitting. If Kase's not hitting, hitting, I'm just not feeling confident unless everybody else is hitting. Which is what happened against Ohio no, State. So it can happen. 100%. But it's more likely that Kase has a Wisconsin's a little bit of a better team than Ohio State. <laughs> Which yes. So that's what I'm saying. So if Kase doesn't have a it. yeah, he he has to get it going. Because I just 100%. don't, I don't feel like Nebraska is going to be able to. Their, I don't feel like their defense is going to. They need Kase to just go off on offense because their defense isn't going to be able to hold them down enough in my opinion. Right, it's if just, you know what I mean. Like it's the defense isn't good enough to where our offense can have a subpar game. Like they have to have a great. game. Yeah, it's it's really. I mean, it is dependent on on if Gary can go. Yeah, you which know, for his sake. I'm sure he would love to. We know how much he loves playing at home and, I really, and hyping up the crowd. I really feel like Hoiberg is just waiting for him to be 100% because yeah. he knows even if they lose this game, it's not season-ending. You yes. know, if this was like end of the season or Big Ten tournament, I feel like Gary would be playing mm. right now. Yeah. I feel like he's being really cautious with him because Hoiberg knows that Nebraska, while they're on a little bit of a skid, they're still in a pretty good spot. I agree. I But 100% on, on Tominaga there, really, arguably his worst. He didn't have He's had less points than he did last season but th- or last game. 
but three of it 10. Was, it was his roughest game. Three of 10 with some really, really, really ugly shots. Got to fix that going forward. And, yeah. Hey, top 10 team at PBA. Sure to be a last a time Thursday that, night. Going to be a great crowd. Last time students that Students are on campus. Yeah. Last time that happened, it was Purdue. And they, Nebraska didn't even have the student section. No. So I, it's, I'm feeling pretty this, good this I, 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 The odds on Nebraska student section just terrorizing Chucky Hepburn the whole game is very high. I, I Yeah. I mean... I'm feeling way better about this game than I was against the than I, than I was about the Purdue game. Okay, and Nebraska. I feel like it would it be like again. them to lose to Maryland and then go Obama and beat Wisconsin. Yeah, see, it's just such a Nebraska thing to do. It just has to happen. I want to get some NFL talk. Yeah, before we go in, so we have Chiefs 49ers Super Bowl. Was that the Super Bowl you were expecting? Just real quick. That is the Super Bowl I was expecting. It was yeah. not the Super Bowl I was rooting for. It was the yeah, opposite. That, that, of that's the Super like Bowl. everybody. Yep. I think yep. like that's what everyone has said. So enough said with that. I was when I saw the Chiefs won. I was just going for the Lions because I wanted Taylor Swift against Eminem. That would have been fun. Because then they would have had to both perform in the Super Bowl halftime show. Just even just like one. Song. I wouldn't put it past her that she comes out on stage at the halftime show surprise well, song. Okay. Think of the think of the. The Twitter views. Okay. Did the Instagram you, views. Okay, real quick. Did you see how much money the NFL has made oh, 100%. by showing Taylor Swift? What was it? $340 million? I, if, just by... Just by if you're a social media intern, it is it is a gold mine. And you got... I mean, respect to them. I think... Honestly, I think people's issue with it is... A lot of people have brought up the tag, like, oh, you don't like Taylor Swift in sports. That's not a lot of people's issue. I, I just don't like the Chiefs. So, like... Yeah. If Taylor Swift dated in Sam Laporta, I'd be all for it. But it's because Travis Kelsey it and Patrick Mahomes be have been terrorizing my division, my league. You're that, a Chargers fan, yes, so it makes sense. But they've been terrorizing league for years, and now they're even more famous? Come yeah. on. I mean, I don't get why. Like, It's like some NFL fans don't understand why the NFL is showing Taylor Swift this much. It's because they're making so much money oh, doing 100%. it. Like, why would you they, not? They would be dumb to not be showing her. At it every moment, it creates storylines. It creates, you know, talking yeah. points. It's it's fun. It's interesting. I yeah. just wish she was dating Sam Laporta yeah. or Mark Andrews instead, and not Travis Kelsey, because I, yeah. you know. So yeah, so a lot of people were rooting against the Chiefs because of that. We've seen all the social media edits saying Lamar Jackson was the NFL's last hope. Now it's Brock Purdy. Teams, they, I they, love Brock Purdy, man. Okay, I love him. I, that's a little strong, but I love him. So Chiefs, 49ers. Real quick, who do you got in that game? Uh, Chiefs. I, I will never pick against Chiefs. I've yeah. picked the Chiefs the entire playoffs, and I hate it because I have the Chiefs have terrorized my division for years, and mm-hmm. I will never give I will never get over the fact that they have ruined my childhood. But they'll win the Super it's Bowl. Okay. It's okay. And I wouldn't be surprised if he if Patrick Mahomes goes on to win three more. I said that the, I said they're done for when Tyree Kill left. I'll probably say they're done for when Travis Kelsey retires and Andy Reid retires and Mahomes will go on to win four more Super Bowls and I'll never see my team win a playoff game. So, hey, you guys got Harbaugh. You, you, you should, yep. you're, you're in pretty good shape. Oh, yeah. I, I, in three years, you guys will have a pretty solid team. That's the last time yeah. the Chiefs beat a Harbaugh brother coach team, by the way. Just saying. That is not true. But, <laughs> so, I have 49ers just because they're uber talented in my opinion. Brock Purdy just has to have an okay game. Like, he doesn't. I just feel like the 49ers is top to bottom are a better team. The only thing the Chiefs really have way over the 49ers in is the quarterback position. Then again, that is the most important position in football. But all Brock Purdy has to do is just not put up a stinker of a performance, and he'll be fine. I love Brock Purdy. <laughs> he 
he he he's okay. So I love him. I, I want to talk, but before the Super Bowl, it's Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl. And since last year, it's Pro <sighs> Bowl games. Mm. Yeah. So not a fan. Not Spoiler a fan. alert. Not a fan. So why? I mean, I'm okay with it because I just like nobody cared about the NFC versus AFC game. Nobody cared about that. I did. I did, Ben. I cared about it. Okay, I, well, you were like the small I, population I of love, people that here, actually Here's cared. my thing. I okay. loved seeing all the different helmets. I thought that was the coolest thing, and now they don't wear helmets, and I'm sad. Oh, so it's just the helmets. It's really the helmets. I loved seeing like the offensive line was like Ravens, Colts. It was never Chargers because our offensive linemen have never made. Well, that's you have Slater. Sure. Yeah, but he wasn't in the Pro Bowl yeah. and when there were helmets. But just like you'd see like Ravens, Colts, like Bronco, like, and then yeah. you'd have the quarterback. And we'd have there was a year where it was like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and Philip Rivers, and it just made my heart happy. And now we don't have that. I get it. Whatever. I'm not a not a huge fan of it. It's cool, I guess, to watch them play flag football. I wish they blocked. I wish you could. I wish it was like our intramural flag football where there were offensive linemen because like. What does an offensive lineman do at the in a flag football game if they can't block? So like, what's the point of making a Pro Bowl if you can't play in it? That's my opinion. Yeah, have, like, I mean the, that it's a little weird. I mean, I feel like the main reason they went away from it was a because NFL wasn't players getting don't want to play in it. One, they didn't want to play in it, and I feel like NFL is kind of doing what the NBA did, where NBA kind of adjusted their All Star game mm-hmm. to get more viewership. I feel like the viewership is the main thing. I don't feel like the NFL cares about what the players care about at all. I. I is the viewership uh, on, any on, better though? I don't. I feel like I'm not. I. I mean, that, I think they're I'll just watch experimenting because I'm a you know a football sicko. But I like, think they're just experimenting with it. I right. think they know that the viewership's not good. I like that it's in Orlando. I didn't yeah. love the Vegas. I felt like the Pro Bowl should be outside. Well, the Super Bowl's in Vegas now. Yeah, but the Super Bowl being inside is fine. I just feel like the Pro Bowl just it. it I liked it when it was in Hawaii. I just yeah, I like that more. I don't know. Call me a traditionalist. I don't know. Yeah, so I feel like they're just experimenting because NBA experimented. They switched to their, like, where you draft teams. They're going back to the East versus West because mm-hmm. apparently it must have not been doing well. Whoever at the top making those decisions, they're switching it back to normal format. I feel like NFL is kind of wanting to... I feel like for NFL, there's more risk of injury stuff than yeah, NFL. Than, you know, NBA, that would cause, suck. Because NBA is like... I get it's basketball. There's still a lot of injuries that happen, but, like, you know, they're not... Basketball. If you, they're kind of just, if they're you just sustain an injury through. in a Pro Bowl, that would that would make me mad I, and never I, want to play in one again. I get it. In NBA, they're just kind of chucking up threes. They're probably not going right. to get hurt. NFL, like you know, there's actually some tackling. Well, they've changed it so many times. Yeah. They've done like the coaches draft. They've done like yeah. the legends draft. They've done it in Orlando and Las Vegas and Hawaii and like it's like it's just it it's a good idea. Like you would think, oh man, this is all the best players in the league. You think everybody would want to watch it, but just no one cares because the players don't care. And that's the main thing, because you could tell that the players don't care. Like, in the NBA, I know we're going a little bit away from NFL, but, like, the NBA, like, when the East and West used to be, like, you know, like, one idea that my dad has always thrown out about NBA East versus West that I completely agree with is whoever wins the East versus West for the All-Star game, that team, like, in their division, like, so, if let's say the Eastern Conference team, the the Eastern Conference wins the All-Star game, whoever's the Eastern Conference team in the NBA Finals gets home court advantage. Mm Mm-hmm. I th- isn't that how they used to do it in the MLB? I don't know if they still do it. I think it. I think it is. Okay. So it's like, because then players would actually try. Yeah, but then it's like if they don't even play, like the the finals guys don't play, and the if the guys that make the finals don't play in the All Star game, it's like, well, thanks, thanks East West. I actually like the draft in the NBA. I like I like like Team that, LeBron, been, Team Giannis. I, I aren't like, they going away from that though? 
Sorry, we're getting way off track. But. No, no, yeah. I think they're going away from it. They're going back to East versus yeah, West. No. I feel like they were doing it because the Eastern Conference was just so underwhelming compared to the West. Uh, yeah. Because the West was just so dominant. East has got to caught back up. Yeah, NBA so, is just such a a star-driven league, though, where it's yeah. like the All-Star game makes sense because like it's the big stars. It's like with the NFL, it's like half those guys, like the offensive linemen, half the people who are watching the game don't know unless you actually watch football. Like regular, yeah. you're not going to know all the offensive linemen. And the people whatever. that don't watch it regularly aren't even watching the pro. They're cause not because they, they it's don't flag football. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I'll probably still watch some of it. It intrigues me a little bit, but I feel like pro. It's just because it's the fun. pro. It's just because the Pro Bowl is a popularity con- contest. That's what annoys me about it. Because really, all I, is, it, I like the popularity contest. I don't want to watch player. I don't want to watch Gardner Minshew in the Pro Bowl. Like, did you see that? He's in the Pro Bowl now. Gardner Minshew's in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I saw that. Well. It should be whoever was the best during the season, and it's not that. It's just who's the most. I mean, I don't know. It's a little bit. You know, Tua made pro. He made Pro Bowl. He's not, you know, one of the most popular I think he's the starter. Yeah, so he's not one of the most popular quarterbacks. So, I mean, sometimes it's not, but, like, a lot of times it's just like, really, this guy made it over this guy? I mean, it's just because of his name. It's just like. Yeah. Mac Jones grittying in the end zone kind of ruined that for me. Yeah, Mac Jones. The fact that Mac Jones ever made a Pro Bowl is just why the Pro Bowl is never going to be popular. <laughs> but we got to throw it to break. When we come back, we're going to have one more segment left, and we're just going to finish up with some softball talk. They're ranked mm-hmm. in the polls, so oh, we're going to we're going to touch gonna on be that. So fun this year. Oh yeah, we're going to touch on that when we come back from break. You're listening to the Daily Green Basketball Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. You're listening to the Daily Nebraskan Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're on our last segment. It's going to be pretty short, only like five minutes. But, you know, we still have softball we want to talk about. They are ranked in the poll. I still haven't gotten the email pulled up, if you have it pulled up. Yeah, so there's there's a bunch of different polls. Yeah. Um, D1 Softball, they're 13th. Softball America, they're 15th. Uh, ESPN.com, USA Softball, they're 17th. And then the NFCA pool, they're 18th. So, like, within that, like, mm-hmm. 13 to 18 range pretty much is the industry standard at this point. Um, shout out the Nebraska Athletic um, d- Department for giving us all that information. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for softball this season. Um, we're going to, you know, start figuring out our, you know, we're going to finalize our our spring beats here uh, within the next week. And mm. I... I think softball this season is going to change the game a lot. Like it's going to probably be more popular than baseball. Right. And and just thinking about this for like okay, obviously from the fan perspective, Nebraska softball is going to be fun to watch, follow, and Jordy Ball does that. Like yeah. She is that big star she, that yeah. you need. And She's on the player of the year watch. Yep. Only in the Big 10. Only player. Only player in the Big 10 on the on the uh preseason watch list. Uh, Nebraska is the highest Big Ten team in any of those polls. Northwestern's really the only one that comes close. I just, from a, you know, I my brain works in sports editor mode. From a sports editor perspective, this is so exciting because it's a sport that you get a lot of access to. Yeah. That you don't normally get with this big of stars. Like, yeah. Jordy Ball is going to be drawing headlines in the spring. It's just, it's already been that way. And with softball, you don't have to jump through the same hoops as you do with football and volleyball and men's basketball because it traditionally hasn't been as popular. This spring, 
you know, our, our beat writers who, you know, my second beat was on softball. I know yours was, it was, was that so, your second beat as well? Yeah, softball, for, second very, full time. You're, you know, you're a it very was, new writer. It was fun beat to watch. It was fun beat You to get cover. a lot of access. Because the team was good last year, and they're going to be even better this year. They've been, yeah. My freshman year, they were, they won the Big Ten, and it was awesome. They won like 12 games straight. Yeah. And I got to talk to the players just face-to-face. Didn't have to sit in a press conference. Yeah. You know, didn't have to, you know, you get to, it's so much more personal when you just get to go down to the field and chat with the players and, and chat with with coach and yeah. they're so fun. They have such a good energy. Yeah. You know, Coach Ravel just brings so much life to that program. And mm-hmm. I I you know, as a journalist, you know, we're covering it, you know, from the, you know, the unbiased perspective, but just you can't help but feel just happy for that team when they find success just because of, you know, how many big personalities are on that team. Mm-hmm. Um I know Billy Andrews as well. She is um, number 42 overall player, according to D1 Softball, yeah. going into the season. Number six short shortstop, uh, according to Softball America. She's so fun. She's a you know very infectious energy as well. And I'm just excited to you know have our writers just chat with Jordy Ball and after the yeah. games because she's going to be pitching in almost all of them. Yeah, I mean, and it's also like these, I mean, softball's, Bigger than, you know, like gymnastics and stuff like that. But like when you talk to these other sports that are not, you know, football, volleyball, basketball, mm-hmm. like they just, they actually like enjoy you yeah. asking questions. Oh yeah. It's not like, you know, like football, sometimes it seems like a chore to the players. Football or, for like, sure. It, it sometimes seems like a chore to them, but it's like, they really enjoy that you're taking time to at one, show interest in what they're doing and, but also putting their name out there and giving them publicity. Because that's what they want. 